Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. The performance rankings, a slight tangent, the crappy quiz, and you had to be there. You have to be there, like, but I wish I wasn't there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Uh, delighted to say a very good morning to Andy Mitten from United We Stand. Morning, Andy. Good morning. Uh, uh, look, it, w- it was a difficult one for United fans last night because for the entire game, you're thinking 1 0 win. Yeah, you'll take it. South London, not an easy place to go. Uh, and then the last 10 15 minutes, I mean, between Casemiro's yellow card, uh, the equaliser, and then Casemiro's miss at the end. It wasn't a happy last 10-15 for, for Eric Ten Hag, Andy. No, it wasn't. You, you framed it exactly right. Everything was going to plan. Manchester United were heading for a 10th consecutive uh, victory. Another clean sheet. Always tight at Sellers Park. It was a big improvement on the last trip to Sellers, last May, final game of the season, which was diabolical in the middle of Manchester United, being in a, a run of seven consecutive away defeats. And your two points about Casemiro are right. His booking means he misses Sunday's big game at Arsenal, which is a shame because he's Manchester United's best player. And that chance at the end where it sort of spun off his thigh. Well, I think all of these wins, is, it, it, it's a nice feeling when your football team's winning and you want more of it and you demand more of it. And... United fans had a massive high after Manchester derby on Saturday. And reality struck last night. These things happen. It was a brilliant free kick. I think that Patrick Vieira's Palace sides always give Manchester United a difficult game. Last year at Old Trafford, it was it was a 1-0. It was a really difficult match. They beat United in the last game at Sellers, as I've said. So, yeah, frustrated. But... After 19 games, Manchester United have got eight more points in the same stage last season. Um, but, 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 yeah, this is, <laughs> you're sort of thinking we're not in a title race and then we could be. We're up to second. Mm. And I'm like Googling live Premier League table just for sort of <laughs> evidence that Manchester United are indeed in second position. Yeah. It's been a while. Just to but then uh, that late equaliser pushed it back down to third. Yeah, took a bit of the sheen off it, certainly for United last night. We, we should focus on some of the, the positives before we maybe look ahead to, to Sunday's game, Andy. Um, Aaron Wan-Bissaka, he, he's like a new signing at right back. I mean, uh, Wilfred Zaha, you're thinking before the game last night, and this is a man he knows very, very well. This could go one of two ways. Uh, but but all of a sudden, I mean, when, when Diogo Dallo was playing so well at the start of the season and the injury happened, he's coming back now and you're thinking, well, he's going he's gonna to do very well, Dallo, to get back into the team ahead of Wan-Bissaka. He is. There was a lovely quote after the game from uh, Wilfred Zaha where he was running towards goal and he, he sort of glanced behind and saw it was Wambasaka chasing him and thought, oh no, not Aaron. <laughs> and they're obviously former teammates. There's been a complete turnaround. Aaron Wambasaka, only last month in a friendly game in Cadiz, looked so rusty as Manchester United were taken apart in the first 15 minutes and his prospects looked bleak. And I had two people saying to me last month, um, this club are in for him, that club are in for him, Palace were interested in him. I don't think Manchester United were intending to sell him because they needed him as cover, but is now the first choice right back, partly because of, of Delo's injury. 
it was a problem position for Manchester United. I think if you said to Manchester United fans which three positions uh, would be a priority, right back would would still be one of them. But he played really well, and he's been playing really well. He's always been very good defending. It's his final ball when he goes forward that's more of an issue. But he was one of Manchester United's best players. He was back home. Maybe he felt really comfortable in those surroundings where he did so well. South London boy, all his mates, all mm. his family are there. He goes back there a lot. That was part of the issue with him um, falling out of favour. But he's very much back in favour. And Ten Hag's done this a couple of times now. Players have, have, have lost the, the place. They've been told to go away, to focus. He's done it with Jadon Sancho. He's another one who returned to training this week. Mm. And he usually gets it right. He's got it right with Wamba Saka and good luck to the lad. Yeah, well, we, I think we spoke even last week about Rashford and how he, he he's completely turned things around. Uh, you know, most informed striker probably in the Premier League at the moment. Bruno Fernandes is another one, Andy, who you know United fans have been frustrated by in the past because of you know iffy performances and he'd go through patches of being great and then being fairly poor. All of a sudden, I mean, man of the match performances you could say in the last couple of games he's been brilliant. Man of the match on Saturday in the Manchester derby. Yeah according to his manager as well. Mm. His manager gave some really nice quotes about him, which which went out on Tuesday, talking about his importance to the team. Thought he took his goal really well. Uh, to put Manchester United ahead on the road to another victory, he can frustrate sometimes with his non-stop moaning, but mm. you could flip that and say some of Manchester United's greatest players also moaned quite a bit including one or two from the country you're sat in now. <laughs> We've been hugely successful. Yeah. So, yeah, good for Bruno. What United have got is five, six, seven players doing consistently well. Varane, uh, Casemiro, David De Gea had a good game last night. Luke Shaw's playing well. Marcus Rashford, who you mentioned, has been prolific. Last night was the first time he'd not scored in a couple of months. Can't believe I'm even saying that because <laughs> he's never really been prolific. So that... Is all going into a pot with these really good ingredients, and the end result is that Manchester United are doing are doing really well. Look, the, the team are always going to drop points, and they're going to lose games this season. It's going to happen. The manager's been really clear about that. This isn't his complete team. He's only months, not years, into his job, but it still stings when when it happens like it did. But then I'm sure it stung for Manchester City fans on Saturday, mm. and even when United equalised. Maybe even when Manchester United went ahead, I would have settled for a draw. <laughs> That's how sort of fragile I was thinking Manchester United's confidence was. So it was brilliant that Manchester United managed to hold on and to win that game on Saturday. Just when you're speaking about Eric Den Hag there, like he spoke afterwards last night. He said that, you know, he wanted them to be more rootless. We need to learn how to be more rootless and obviously missing out on that opportunity now to go ahead of Manchester City. You know, he, he wasn't happy. And I know this is quite a shift with they're going for 10 games in a row. Will it, will it have much of an effect on them, do you think, in their momentum going ahead? It could do because his unhappiness might feed into them resetting and thinking, actually, we've got to be even better than this. That wasn't good enough. And they did have to be ruthless. He said that in the second half, there were chances. And a little issue for Manchester United is is a lack of a striker. Bout Vegas made his debut last night. He did quite well, according to his manager. Quite well is never really going to be good enough, but mm. come on, he's he's only had three training sessions with his new teammates. He'll get more chances, and 
he gives something which the other strikers have, have not got. But United should have put that game out of sight, got that key second goal in the second half, didn't drop two points. And come the end of the season, those two points might be really important. It's looking really good for Manchester United in terms of top four at the moment. And I would have settled for that a month ago. But you get greedy, don't you? You yeah. see your team winning, you think, beat Arsenal on Sunday. Whoa, <laughs> where's this all leading to? <laughs> part of the joy of, of sport and, and supporting a team. And it's a nice feeling because it's been a while. Do you feel like United are in the title race, Andy? Like, is this a, is this a case of, look, just keep the momentum going, secure that top four position, maybe win a, a trophy in the League Cup or Europa League or whatever it might be? Or, or do you feel like they are genuine? They're not going to openly say, yep, yeah, we're definitely in the title race, but do you feel like the players and the manager believe they are? I'm probably more of your original mindset there. Top four, uh, win a trophy, FA Cup, League Cup's looking, looking okay for Manchester mm. United. Not even reached the final of either of them yet. Long way away from that in the FA Cup. But United have not won a trophy since 2017 with that Europa League in, in Stockholm. Jeez, that's unreal. The more mm. the team win, the more you think it's looking good here. But deep down, I probably don't. But the more they keep winning, you you change all the time. You sort of in, Your percentage is all the time. Oh, you're in a title race. Yeah. Do you expect to win the title? No, <laughs> but then you don't want to write off your team, do you? Because they've beaten Manchester City, Liverpool, Arsenal, Tottenham, all at Old Trafford. There's games away from home against all them teams. If you're beating all them teams away from home, and United have already played City away and got hammered, um, then you will be champions. You really would. If you can go to Arsenal at the weekend and win, then if you ask me the question on Monday morning, I'll probably say, yeah, absolutely. So, little by little. By little. Mm. I was thinking the other day, great, great's been the top four, but then you're thinking, well, well what, what does top four mean? I can remember when second and third place was a failure for Manchester United. So, it, it, it's baby steps, but it's real progress for the new manager. Not been there long. Uh, he's really impressed Manchester United fans. Most of his signings have as well. Not all of them, I think. Anthony still causes frustrations and I know they're working hard with him at Carrington to make him, him better. If Jaden Sancho comes back and is as, is as effective as some of the other players who've come back into the fold, then that will be like a new sign-in as well. What do you make of Anthony, Andy? Because he had that little moment with Bruno, the two of them had a few words exchanged at one point in the first half. They were all mates then, of course, when Bruno scores and they're over celebrating with each other. But he's been a bit hot and cold, uh, Anthony, of late. Like... Will he come good, do you think? Is it just taking time to bed into the team? Because, of course, Ten Hag knows him very well. I do think he'll come good. He's, a, he's only 22 years old. He's in the Premier League for the first time. It's a difficult league to play in. It's a very different league. A, to the culture he grew up in in, in Sao Paulo and playing in Brazil. And B, B in Holland. And he's a street footballer, Anthony. He's, he's from a favela in in Sao Paulo, he's not going to do things by convention and that can frustrate him as well. So when I said they're working hard with him, they're basically trying to get him to fit into what Ten Hag wants for this Manchester United team. He managed it at Ajax and he hopes to do the same at Manchester United. The fact that he was prepared to push so hard to get him for so much money shows the faith which he has in that player. Every manager has a blind spot. I'm not saying he's got one with Anthony. I think 
if we're having the conversation in a year's time and we're saying the same thing, then it becomes more of a concern. But I think that every player should be given a year's grace when they move into an, a, a new league. But when you cost as much as he did, there's always going to be more scrutiny and more pressure on you. I think things like concentration are areas he's got to work on. He did make more passes in the final third than any player last night. Were those passes effective? Not really. He had the best chance or the best effort, yeah. uh, not rather than chance in, in the first 40 minutes. But I'm contradicting myself throughout because this isn't a, a seamless performance by Anthony. It's one area where he needs to improve. Even thinking of Casemiro when he first joined, you know, it, it took him a while to really bed into the team and look at him now. I suppose Sunday against Arsenal, it's a, it's a game they want to win and obviously his booking last night means that he's going to miss out. So how much of a loss will he be at the weekend? Well, he's the best player, so it's, it's definitely a loss. I'm just hoping that whoever is chosen, be it McTominay, be it Fred, feels almost stung by the talk around Casimiro missing and they have a real point to prove and say, wait a minute, I'm not a bad footballer either. Mm. And I've seen Fred be man of the match in Manchester Derby uh, games. Uh, but would I like Casimiro playing on Sunday? Yeah, he's, he's been so consistent. It's the way that he reads the game, his anticipation, the way he closes space down. He's good in the air. He has shots. I wish he would have had a shot in the 93rd minute rather than <laughs> with his foot rather than his thigh. <laughs> he, he's been an, an outstanding success. Um, I just can't believe how many Manchester United fans doubted him. It, it frustrated me that because he was a proven winner for the best team in the world on a consistent basis. And I watched him loads. And, and I, I interviewed him when he came to Old Trafford on his, on his first day at the club. And he said, I want to come here. I want to play in England. I want to play the biggest club in England. And I believed all that. I, I looked him in the eye. I didn't think this is someone lying to me. Mm. And yet you had Man United fans going, he'll never come. <laughs> Real Madrid don't sell the best players. Or after two weeks, um, he looks off it. And now they've completely changed their tune. I suppose as football fans, you're allowed to do that. I'm just glad that Eric Ten Hag saw the bigger picture and knew how good he was. But he was always good. This shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. He's one of the best players in the world. Yeah, but there was massive doubts, you know, when he first came. And even at the the derby at the weekend, just seeing his passion wanting to get back on the pitch, you know, um, you definitely can can see it in him. He wants to be there. And obviously the performances now at the minute are, are, are saying that as well. Yeah, he's brilliant. Fans are allowed to have doubts. Fans aren't the ones picking the team. If the manager listened to the fans, the team would have no players within six weeks because it'd all be sold. (laughs) If you think of the times when Manchester United fans have piled up against, De Gea would have been sold, Luke Shaw would have been sold, Wan-Bissaka would have been sold, Harry Maguire would have been sold, Marcus Rashford would have been sold. Thankfully, you've got a manager and people at the club who take a a longer-term view, who are working with these players every single day. Fred would have been sold. Scott McTominay would have been sold. You'd have no players left. Players <laughs> dip in and out of form all the time. And what Ten Hag has done is raise standards pretty consistently. He's got to do it with a couple more players. And because he's doing that, he's starting to get, get the wins. But players will have bad spells. Marcus Rashford will go six games without scoring at some point. Mm. Doesn't mean he needs to be sold. <laughs> because... Saw someone last night because he not scored last night. 
And really, you shouldn't pay any attention to what you see on social media. <laughs> it's all gone to his head. Oh, what? what? What's what gone to his head? Yeah. This is the best form he's ever been in. You he's do. literally gone one match without scoring a goal. And you know, every single player in the world, the best strikers in the world, have gone matches without scoring. You do see some uh, some batshit crazy <laughs> views on like even yeah, some do. some people suggesting that you know Ten Hag shouldn't have played Casemiro at all because of the risk of him being yellow carded, which is which yeah. is ridiculous as well because you need to play your best players in the big matches. Like the the if you're Eric Ten Hag, Andy on on Sunday afternoon, who are you picking? Like uh, not to to read into your mind, but I'm sure nine of the players are pr- pretty much well set for most United fans. I guess it's it's Anthony or Garnacho, and then it's as you say maybe Fred or Tomine that comes in. Who are you picking? Fred can do a really good man-marking job. Arsenal's midfield is exceptional. I thought Arsenal were brilliant at Old Trafford. You know, in the, the game that they lost, I was mm. really impressed by them. Um, McTominay offers um, uh, different qualities as well. I think it needs players like Christian Eriksen to, to step up and, and be at the best. Uh, Lissandro Martinez, it was good for him behind the midfield to have a first start in post-World Cup at Palace. Raphael Varane's one of the best defenders in the world. So those players have got to add a little bit more to make up for the shortfall of Casemiro. Um, McFred, it, it, it puts dread into some Manchester United fans, but every squad needs players like that, really. And I've seen them have, both of them have very good games against very good teams. And as I said earlier, I hope they're stung into people thinking that they're not good enough and that, that they get man of the match. I hope Scott McTominay gets an 89th-minute winner and <laughs> dives into the away end at Arsenal on Sunday. It would be nice. Has um, it, The thing has struck me, even a few of my uh, the WhatsApp groups with mates, big United fans as well, and the mood is different. It's funny how football changes your, your mood. You know, When your team aren't going well, it affects your everyday life. Like, do you feel like yeah. a happier human being at the minute? Now, notwithstanding last night, they dropped a couple of points, yes. But recently, just the fact that they're on such a good run. I mean, everyday life just... I mean, the the sky seems bluer, Andy, and, and everything just <laughs> seems better for United fans at the moment. Yeah, yeah, it does. And I, I think it's it's true of fans of any sport. I'm, I'm sure there's, there's Gaelic football fans or rugby fans in Ireland, and when the team are doing well, you feel exactly the same. I had a massive high at the weekend after the Manchester derby. <laughs> it lasted until the 91st minute and it feeds into other areas of your life. Now I'm thinking it, it is also my job. You know, this is how I earn my money writing about these things. And I'm also thinking, this is great, but you didn't actually do anything at the weekend. Why are you feeling <laughs> yeah. like this? You weren't on the pitch. Isn't it about time you grow up a little bit? You know, where, where, I did a 10k run on Sunday and thought, yeah, you can be proud for that because you actually did it. <laughs> but, yeah. but, if we start course, thinking I'll... like that, we can't. We're going to lose sight of sport altogether and our enjoyment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're too invested. Exactly. You probably yeah. you probably ran faster as a result of United win. That's that, that's <laughs> the point. But like even, and I'm sure there was a lot of people on on Sunday who uh, your your talk of the Devils podcast, Andy, with uh, with Ian and with uh, Laurie and the lads. I mean. I'm sure you lads probably see the metrics and the numbers and, and it, it's the same for ourselves as well. When I'm sure when United win a big game like a derby at the weekend, the numbers shoot up. Everyone wants to listen to good news and happy stories. You know, if they lose a game, it, it, maybe people are maybe a little bit more reticent to, to, to listen to it. But there is that kind of thing that when teams are going well, everyone is on board with every single aspect of the club. 
it, it works both ways. Uh, I think our biggest listens this season have been after the Brentford 4 0 defeat. <laughs> right. So people are, trying to make, people are trying to make sense of it. They're trying to get mm. guidance to try to find out what's going on. And then at the weekend, well, you, you mentioned that, that podcast, the one I do with Laurie, Carl, and Ian. Uh, that's the second biggest podcast in the UK at the moment. So <laughs> for, 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 for sport. So it's absolutely flying. The United We Stand podcast, which is very much inside the terraces speaking to fans there that's that we had our biggest ever uh, listenerships numbers at, at the weekend the first five minutes of that are just me recording as manchester united equalize and then then get the winner so i got lucky with that because the last time i tried it in october 21 everton got an equalizer <laughs> and you look at the breakdown of where people are listening and uh, Dublin and Cork are like really high up there in terms of the cities where people are, are engaging. So it shows Manchester United support is vast. And I, I stood outside Old Trafford um, Saturday. I was at Manchester Airport Saturday night. I saw so many United fans on them flights going back to Cork and, and to Dublin and to Belfast in the north. And everyone was absolutely buzzing. Mm. And I'm just going to enjoy it because... There's been so many times when it's not been like that. Absolutely. Well, on, on that, Andy, just uh, finally, and, and uh, you've been great with your time, Mark Dunning on YouTube has commented this morning live, met Andy at Stansted Airport after the Arsenal United game at the Emirates last season. Happier day for me than for him. He was an absolute gent. So there was a, <laughs> you made one United fan obviously very, very happy. I'm sure you meet plenty of them. Or an, an Arsenal fan, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So even they, yeah. they like you as well. <laughs> Well, I don't think every like Liverpool fan or Manchester City fan <laughs> no. will be will be quite so generous, but I, I respect I respect football fans who watch the team. Honestly, if you go and watch your team, I I, I would respect you. And um, obviously, United fans give me a lot of feedback, but I do remember the Arsenal fan coming up to me, <laughs> and uh, yeah, lots of people at Manchester Airport on Saturday. But it's nice, isn't it? People are coming up and they like your work. They're not coming up to you and saying, you know you're a war criminal or whatever they're coming <laughs> up to you and saying and, and it's only football in it and people people can feel feel part of it and if it's making people happy in a world where so much bad is going on then then that's all great absolutely here here Andy great with your time as always thanks a million thank you OTB AM with Gillette get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar 